Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, and welcome to Why Are You Like This, a podcast devoted to finding out who we are and why we do the things we do. I'm your host, Ryan Andrews, and today's guest is one of my favorite Broadway rock stars. You've seen her tour the country as Janis Joplin, or maybe you've seen her turn your favorite pop songs punk on TikTok. Please welcome to the mic, goddess Kelly McIntyre. (laughs) Hello, hello. Hello, welcome to the pod. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm good. I am good. How are you? I'm doing well. You know, it's it took a quick turn. I feel like we're in winter today. Yes, officially <laughs> it is. It's cold. We can say that. We can it's, say that. It's cold outside. I've been um, walking dogs uh, for, you know, some money. And um, it's not as peaceful as it used to be. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, a nice, delightful fall walk. Sure, I'll do that. That sounds great. And then it was like raining a little bit last night, and I was like, oh no. All of a sudden, this unpleasant. Can't, this can't be it. This can't be it. <laughs> Not for me. <laughs> Not for me. Ugh. Well, Kelly, let's just jump right in. Where are you from? I am from a town right outside of Boston called Newton, Newton, Massachusetts. Oh, okay. Cool. How was that? How was growing up? It was fun. Yeah, it's a nice little town. A um, lot of people. It's like a big one. So, mm. you know, lots to do. A lot of theater. A lot Love of sports. It. Yeah, it's it's a good old Massachusetts town, you know. <laughs> Were you a sporty kid? Yeah, I was. Yeah, it was like the that was like the cool thing to do was to play sports. So mm. I did that for sure. I uh, played soccer, I think, for the longest. I got to high school with soccer. And then the arts took over in a way that like still doesn't really make sense in my adult brain where it's like you can physically play a sport and like do a musical but for some reason in high school it was very like gotta choose exactly that definitely was like the cutoff you couldn't like you couldn't have multiple hobbies I feel yeah, like. it was weird and you're like 16 right and they were like nope, you gotta choose you can't you can't do both Cause I got, I like started high school with like, I play the trumpet in the band and I play soccer and I like theater. And then I felt like immediately they were like, nah, pick one, maybe yep. two. I totally relate to that. Yeah. I feel like that was a very <laughs> instant, instant decision that you had to make. Which is so weird. Cause as an adult, essentially I'm doing 
all of that right now. I'm doing CrossFit, which is adult sports. Um, cool. I, I, you know, still have my trumpet here in the city. <laughs> uh, you could play trumpet. <laughs> I could. I still do theater. So jokes on you, high school teachers. I agree. We can we can always do it all. We can always do it all. What sports did you play? I also played soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, loved softball and um, but I think I stuck with um swimming the longest. Swimming, okay. Yes. Swimming, I stuck with the longest. Um, really loved that. But yeah, right when I got to high school, it was like friends and teachers and family were just like, "It's gonna be too hard to do everything. You got to choose." And I was like, "Well, I guess." theater i guess let's go <laughs> <laughs> were you doing theater as like a little kid too or yeah i like got like i don't know i feel like a lot of people have the same like origin story where it was like i didn't ask my parents to do theater they were just like oh there's this little community theater for all these like age groups and we're just gonna like toss you in there as an activity and see if it sticks and i did all these little tiny variety shows like the songs of Gilbert and Sullivan um, with like a lot of kids my age in town and it ended up being really fun. But then that kind of just parlayed into like after school musicals and a little production of Annie and a little production of Into the Woods Junior, you know, mm-hmm. it just kind of um, spirals into each other. So I like Into the yeah, Woods Junior. I was doing it when I was little for sure. You know, just like act one of Into the Woods, call it junior. Yeah, just act one. Yes, just exactly. One. Nothing scary, no giants, nothing like that. Nope. I like hearing, it. so we did Into the Woods in high school, um, but I feel like anybody who did Into the Woods in high school has like a weird twist thrown on it. Like my friend Charlotte was um, like literal like Disney Snow White Uh huh. at one point. Like they just like throw in other people like oh like she actually was like full costume full like the the yellow with the red sleeved and they just like wrote it into into the woods they're like you can come sing ever after i love that ours was like oh i'm gonna take an artistic choice and like all of the trees were skeletons i say skeptically um spooky spooky They were like, let's make it edgy. <laughs> Ed- edgy woods. Oh, God. To anybody who saw Into the Woods at Century High School back in 2009, thank you. And I'm sorry. Oh, my gosh. I played I played Jack in Into the Woods. Fierce. Because no one could sing as low as I could. <laughs> All of the like little, little boys at the place I did it, they were like, I can't hit that note. I forget what it was, but it was in Giants in the Sky, and like it was just too low. And I was like, I've got it covered. Don't even worry about it. Don't you worry. It has a cigarette in hand. Like, a oh, like long... an alto from birth. I was like, don't you guys worry about it. <laughs> just like a long extended cigarette. Like, ugh. I exactly. <laughs> Fine. I'll play Jack. <laughs> I was the oh, baker, which. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Picking it up. The weird thing is I was like originally kind of upset because right. I, you know. Jack has a number and the baker yeah. like 
the baker is in charge of the show. Like I was being stupid, but um, I'm vain. And <laughs> we're all we've all been there. Come on, if you're in this industry, and it's like, yeah, there's always been that point where you're like, but I wanted that role because it's like the feature. But then actually, the role you get turns out to be so much better. Than- <laughs> what you thought it was gonna be i like went home upset i like drove home in my 91 camry like this is my senior year mess messy, messy. i didn't catch the bug of theater until i was 15 oh really when i did beauty and the beast was my first musical and the actual child who played chip was booked he no longer could do the high school production he was off getting paid and oh. I went up to my director and I said, I can do it. So me at 15 was Chip in the little cart. The confidence, though. (laughs) I can do it. I got to get some of that back. (laughs) Right. Just walk into a room now and just say, I can do it. I can do it. I'm not going to show you. Yeah. Yeah. Just believe me. I can do it. Believe me. So being (laughs) being a true alto, what was, um, did you do choir? Oh, yeah. 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 Did yeah, you choir. have a wonderful pop song that made you sing a nice uh, low harmony of nothingness? Um, oh, oh, there are just too many. The good old alto parts. Oh, no, nothing's coming to mind. Oh, we in middle school. Oh, I know what it is. The, you know that? Remember um, Hero by Mariah Carey? Absolutely. So obviously we sang that is super inspirational and makes sense um, in a middle school. And that alto line is like, and then a hero comes along yes. with the strength to carry on and you cast your fears aside. And you know, <laughs> literally like the one change. The song alto's lament is not wrong. You know, God, wrong. what a cultural reset that was. Mm-hmm. Lord. The YouTube yep. of that area of that area that time period comes up a lot because it affected so many of us around I this would age. Deep, deep into that era of YouTube, like, oh my gosh, deep into it. like I sing changed my life. That entire group of Umish kids. If I ever run into them, I'm like, you are <laughs> celebrities. <laughs> like to me, you are a, a celebrity. Full celebrity. Yep, uh, I'm with you. You know, blue hair, so many yeah. things. Oh yeah. Oh man. Uh, we did. We had a lot of uh, Kelly Clark- Clarkson. Breakaway was a hit. I think every year the choir sang that. Yeah, that's a great one. <laughs> that's a good one. Well, because what year was this? It was like oh eight. Oh like, eight. Yeah. Yeah, ish. Man, the music. It was really pop music was in a strange. <laughs> like what was it? I don't know. I want to know what it's like being a choral teacher and being like, I guess I'm going to, the kids really like Billie Eilish, so I, we're going to do bad guy, <laughs> I guess. Oh I know today it must be so weird. Like, what are they doing? Like a cover of like, Thank You Next, like yes. a choral a choral production of Thank You Next. Very crisp. Very crisp. Yep. <laughs> so you catch the bug, you're doing theater, you're ready to roll. Do you have a moment where you're like, this is what I want to do. Like, this is, I'm going to make money with this. Yeah, I think in like high school, like midway through high school, um, 
I started like really, really getting into theater. Like, like we're talking about like the era of that, like contemporary musical theater was becoming everything like, Mm -hmm. and it was really getting bigger. And a lot of that was because of YouTube and I was getting super into that world of it. And I was like, Oh, well, if these fun, new, cool, edgy, relevant pieces of theater are being written and made, um, I want to be a part of that. So I think that's kind of where I took a turn and I was like, if this is all happening, then yeah, I'm in. Um, and then I started thinking about like going to school for musical theater, like in college and, you know, getting excited about the potential of moving to the city and doing it professionally and da 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 da. And like, I had some friends that were a few years older that were also doing it. So I was like, yeah, you know, if they're doing it, I think I can do it too. So I think mainly through high school, I kind of felt that shift of like, all right, this could be a career for me. Um, because I, I kind of figured out what aspect of theater I wanted to be a part of, you know? I definitely, when I saw the touring production of Spring Awakening, mm-hmm. and this is like no knock to whoever was on tour at all, but I sat there in the audience and I was like, oh, I could physically stand up right now and go do that. Right. And it was like the first time... I think I saw anything professionally where I was like, oh, like I, I am that, I am that caliber. I am that kind of performer. I can do that. Yeah. I just remember my whole mind shift changing and I'm sure I was a monster because I was like a hormonal teenager, but I'm just like, what must it be like to be a high school person who did theater just like for fun? You know, because for me after that, I was like, this is it. I'm like in the totally. YouTube. I'm like, I know the lists of the schools. I know what I want. Like it was yep. just with blinders. I laugh now because like, like I didn't even really listen to pop music at that time. Like that, I was just like musical theater, which is so silly. Cause now one of my friends did like the Spotify blend playlist thing where you can like see what we're both listening to with me. Oh, okay. And he was like, I really thought there'd be more show tunes. And I'm like, I don't take work home with me. Like, <laughs> uh, anymore. Yeah, no, that is, yep. Oh, that's nuts. So when did you, like, also realize you're a rocker? That was, like, super, super late. That's kind of the funniest, like, shift in my um, professional career, I think, was, you know, I, I went to college for musical theater. And as none of us did, I didn't really know who I was or like what I don't know where I belonged I guess we call it type um but kind of where I fell in like the um in the musical theater world but all I did know was that I could belt and therefore in my 18 year old brain I was on track to like be Alphaba to be like the lead belter in all of these musicals or da 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 like that's just Or in the sense that we also all kind of felt when we were a freshman in college, I was like, I'm just going to, I can do everything. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, whatever show we do, I'll probably be in callbacks for the lead. Like there was just this, I'm a good singer, therefore I will be successful. But that's like so not what it ended up being, which is amazing that I got to learn that because Jesus Christ, like the ego at like young teenagers, it's just hilarious. But you know, I had this wonderful voice teacher in college and we would play around. Like I obviously was never a soprano. 
Um, so we really focused on expanding and working on my belt and working on that part of my voice and honing in on like what sounded good on me. And then one time I took a guest voice lesson from another voice teacher at the faculty. And um, he was like, have you ever sung rock and roll? And I was like, I mean, listen to this. Like, you'll relate to this. I was like, I mean, I've sung like Alone by Heart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like every girl. It's like pop rock cut, 32 bars. We got it. Um, but I was like, I mean, kind of, but not like, I mean, not like rock rock. I've sung like pop rock. Mm. And he was like, okay, yeah. He's like, I, you remind me of an old student. I really want you to sing more rock stuff. Can we try out this? He's like, do you know Peace in My Heart by Janis Joplin? Can we try this out? And I was like, sure, let's go. Foreshadowing. Literally, because he showed me a video of this old student of his who was playing Janis Joplin on Broadway at the time. And he was like, do you know about this show? And I was like, no, not at all. And he was like, showing me all these videos and stuff. And he was like, your voice reminds me so much of hers. And he's like, that's the only reason why I'm saying maybe you could explore some of these qualities in your voice because this could be a really cool thing for you to pursue. And, you know, and this is at the time too in college, like I've got some tattoos, I've got a lot of piercings, like uh, they were like, you don't really fit into, like, we shouldn't be singing bell. Yeah. We shouldn't be singing, <laughs> you know, we should barely even be singing Elle Woods. He's like, you, you've got to, we've got to find your thing. And so that one voice lesson kind of changed, it kind of threw me into like an identity crisis. And I went back to my actual voice teacher and I was like, hey, this, this other voice teacher told me that I should be looking into more rock stuff. And she was like, let's go. And oh, so good. we immediately started working on it. I showcased with Janis Joplin, um, but like as a musical theater major. Yeah. And then when I moved to New York City, they were hiring for the national tour like months after I moved here and you know wasn't callbacks for that for about a month um and they kind of just kept pushing me to like explore the more rock tones and I still didn't even know what I was doing mm -hmm. I really didn't and then I got the job not knowing what I was doing and then I literally met with Mary Bridget Davies who was Janice on Broadway and was nominated for a Tony for the role and in 30 minutes together she taught me everything that I know today in wow. terms of like tricks with my voice how to make the growly sound without being unhealthy um just all of the tricks of the trade within like 30 minutes of knowing her so honestly until I was like 23 years old I had no idea I could do anything that I do today had absolutely no idea. That's so wild. Well, and it's like, it's such a formative time of your life, but also where like, because we are the instrument that we choose to use to make art, like so much of it is wrapped in identity. And like, yeah, it, in those years of training, it's like, you're right. They're like, we're putting things on you and seeing what it is. Totally. And sometimes you just need someone to like, hear you or see you in just like the way that you are and be like, these are things that already fit. They're things that yep. you probably haven't thought about because they're they're not the the popular presentation of musical theater as an art form at that time. Totally. But it doesn't make it any less valid. 
it actually is just another part of being you and being a performer. Yeah. And a lot of people I've talked to on this podcast like have that moment or are still searching for it where someone's just like, I see you. Right. I'm not trying to make you sing the person's book who looked like you four years before you. I'm not trying to like name three people who are you right now on Broadway. Like I'm just trying to like see an artist because this is an art. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of the time a BFA program or a theater program has the ability to take the art out of it and totally just kind of like shoehorn you. Yeah, I I totally relate to that. And I felt um, not as much as other people that I've spoken to, you know, but I definitely fell for um, false advice in college. Um, You know, I'm a very tall and I was super athletic, athletically built in college. They were like, you know, if you keep this body, you could be dancing and like performing and all of these shows and the ensembles of all these shows and, you know, just... Just make sure like, you know, you always like keep the body and blah, blah. And it was all about that. And it was all about the longevity of, you know, maintaining how I looked when I was 19, which is impossible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. The, the metabolism alone, I, it was just like, I, I, I fell for it for a while. And then when I moved to the city and started going out for more kind of contemporary pop rock edgier projects and getting cast in things just as myself wearing jeans and a t-shirt with my tattoos not covered up my hair just down I was like oh this is fine and those other things that my college was trying to get me to do someone else can do it and they're gonna be so happy doing it because I'm not well (laughs) it's also like I can't like I I can sit here and point out things that I think were false advice forever but like I also don't have a solution like I don't have the, a catch-all solution for how I wish theater education moved forward except right. just like helping young people be able to be authentically them in this art form is what's going to make them stars Sure. And also how it's okay for it to change. Mm-hmm. Like how in freshman year, you can come in and even if you ask a student, like, how do you view yourself? Like, in what capacity do you feel most comfortable? Even if you sit down and ask them that point blank and give them that like autonomy to answer without any pressure, that can probably and probably will change two years later when they're growing as a human being, you know? And it's a deep therapy question that you're asking an 18-year-old. Right, yeah. You know, How do like... you do yourself? <laughs> Where do you fit in this industry? You're like, I don't even know the industry. I just came from my hometown of Massachusetts straight to Connecticut. I'm like, I don't know. Right, I'm How like- am I supposed to know what's happening in New York? I'm in a soy know. field in Illinois. I'm like, I'm from Oregon. I don't know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, you're like- I don't know, dude. I don't know. It's wild. And it's it's so different for each person. And, you know, it's it's a difficult... Yeah, there is no catch-all because there are so many aspects to what needs to change. But I think it is really cool 
the amount of people that I've spoken to in, in this, in my time in New York, who had that kind of, like, we're talking about that revelation of, oh, you know, it's going to be so much more successful for me as if I'm just by myself. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a simple concept, but like for not only in the RBFA programs, but our our lives, I feel like a lot of the time in many aspects of our lives, we're asked to minimize and to take up less space. And so it, we're just kind of, you know, made to think that we always have to be adjusting our our truest self and i don't think that that's beneficial i guess especially in a career where you're performing and um you know trying to get people to understand what you're getting across it's like if you don't understand where you're at and what what you're worth how are you going to understand what this project is worth and i don't know no, I agree. I think there's it's loaded, also, I guess. <laughs> it's loaded. I mean, there's also this thing that I'm actually interested to hear your thoughts on this, where like I became a better theatrical performer when I started creating things for myself because um as an actor, I would constantly get stuck in the like my best thing that I can do is interpret work that comes from others but if I'm not getting any work if it's not being if I'm not booking if I'm not receiving work I am not an artist and that's just not true but I feel like a lot of it is like you sing someone else's song you do someone else's play you are constantly told you're replaceable but once you kind of take reins in any sort of creative spot in your brain whether you're a writer you're a singer you want to paint you dance beautifully like creating something on your own I think really does unlock this space of authenticity that felt untouchable until I started doing that totally I I totally agree with you and I think it's really cool um, when people do realize that because it's like, and I mean, therapy is amazing. I also do that. But like, it it was my original therapy was to write songs. Mm -hmm. And I started writing music when I was 13, 12 or 13, somewhere in middle school. And just remember being like, oh, this is like a really cool way to express myself and put my feelings down without people knowing that this is pretty much like my diary. Like, oh, it's just, I just wrote a song when really it's just about these. And I'm sure people did know, or like my parents heard it and they were like, oh my God, this like dramatic. <laughs> but in my mind, it was like under the guise of like, no, I'm a songwriter. So mm -hmm. like, this is, you know, but it really taught me how to put my feelings into words, which I think is a beautiful thing. Um, sometimes I feel like I'm better at putting my feelings into words through song rather than like having an actual conversation. For sure. Yeah. So funny, but, but I mean, it's with anything. I mean, I just know the medium of songwriting, but I know like my friends that are playwrights and I have friends that write, you know, like pilots and like, it's, those are mediums I don't understand. I could never do that. but. I know that it gives them so much 
release when they do it and when they're enjoying it and when they um, are proud of what they're doing, it also benefits other aspects of their personal life or their career life. And I feel that too. I mean, it's when I'm like, I have, I have my band um, and if we're doing shows and like, and then at the same time we're performing at night, the next morning I have an audition for this reading. And then like in the day I have rehearsal for this like concert that I'm doing next week at like 54 or whatever. It's, it's all, it's such a cool feeling when you're like, oh, I'm really harnessing the, every part of myself that I love some parts I think I'm better at and um, more authentic at, mm-hmm. but it gives me the the fulfillment if I'm doing all of them to, you know, enjoy doing all of them. Yeah. And it's like, it's that the New York sense. that we like, no, of course it makes sense. It's, it's like, it's the New York that you dreamed of, right? It's the, right. um, dreamed of. Yeah. But never imagined was possible. Cause I feel like sometimes like we said earlier with the sports and the theater sometimes people are like you got to choose one you can't be doing uh the theater stuff and then have a solo career as an artist and I'm like why not why? like why yeah we I literally see it all of the time yeah, we actively time. see celebrity stunt casting all of the time right in yeah. our industry that we choose to do but for some reason there's right. a block. There's like a block. Right. When someone who's just like a no one or like a no name is doing it, you're like, oh, they're doing too much. They've got to harness in on one thing. And I'm like, no, no. because when I do all of it, that makes, that brings me more joy, more stress, obviously, but absolutely. more joy <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, because I am touching every facet of myself that like I want to put forward. Um. And the the creative part of it, like to circle back what you were saying about the actual creation of stuff, um, that is something I think that I wish that we could change about the um, college part of the equation of it all. Because I remember feeling very um, blocked in school at a BFA program from my creative side. Mm-hmm. I remember I was writing like furiously in college, like sometimes like 20 songs a week. Like I was like pumping them out. Like, I don't even know. It was, it was crazy. I just felt so much was changing in myself. I had so much to write about and I just couldn't stop writing. And I was like, I got to do a concert. I got to do something. And I approached a, a person on our faculty about doing a concert of my original music with students who were friends of mine who volunteered to do it, could I just have a studio one night to do this? You don't have to do anything. I was like, I will put everything up. I will schedule everything. I will do all of the organizational stuff. Can I just have the studio? And he looked at me and he was like, no, because we don't do concerts here. We do plays. And I just remember feeling so like, um, blocked like I was just like oh or stifled I mean I was like oh I guess I can't be creative yet I have to wait to be creative when I graduate which is so fucked up because I'm just like isn't this the place where I'm supposed to be molding and like ebbing and flowing and then all of a sudden this huge part of myself 
is being like, no, no, no. But you can do a step ball change over there, but you can't do a whole entire night of music, of original music with other students who want to sing it. It made no sense to me. So that's something I wish we could change. That is so great. Like, isn't that wild? Well, we had kind of a similar situation. I don't know about your, and like, sorry, anyone who's listening who does not care, but uh, this is all about being an artist. Um, yep. We kind of had a similar situation where our program at the time was a cut program. I don't think they do this anymore. Oh, wow. So essentially everything I did felt transactional in a way that it was like, I know that if I sing this or do these types of scenes, they like me doing it and I won't get cut. Right. And so I didn't do the thing that I think you should do in college, which is stretch and try and yeah. Take do a, a huge concert risk. of your own music. Because it's honestly, big picture, not a huge risk to do a concert of your own music at your college. No, right. Like That's at all. That's a pretty all. safe, yeah. And our senior year, my current roommate still, and I, Andy, um, directed a production of Hair in like the quad of the school and kind of similar situation where we literally had everything done ourselves. We just needed someone to like sign the faculty line that says right. that they're going to be there. Right. And we were met with such an intense no that, I mean, we found a way around it, but I, I have never felt the same about the people who are supposed to be like big influences and big educators in my life because like, why wouldn't you, I honestly wasn't asking you for anything. Right. And neither were you. You were like, I just, can I use this space? Right. And also it's, you're, you're also not met with, I'm proud of you for doing all of this. You're, I, we weren't met with that at all. Neither no. of our stories, it seems. And that I think I went into that conversation not expecting that person to be like, wow, look at you go. But like, at least they'd be like, that's so cool. Of course you can have a studio. Right. Just nonchalant. At, at least about. like a minimal, a minimal thing. But, you know, that if I had, no, not if I had, because, you know, I found a way to do all this creative stuff. But when I moved to the city, that creativity was like bursting at the seams to be done. So, you know, I just went with everything I wanted to do. Like, it was just like, I want to do this concert. Okay, let's do it. Let's find a way. We're doing it. I did it. Great. Next project. Let's do this. Da, 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 da. You know, it, it's a very exciting when the ball gets rolling. Yeah. Um, it feels really exciting when you're like, doing doing it really really doing it and it's stuff that you created and you're putting it out there and people are receiving it well kelly i feel like we've been talking about this for a while but i do have to ask you so yeah. you're like this very like in tune musician performer just kind of give like this energy of like beyond knowledge to me and <laughs> i just have to ask you why are you like this Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? 
United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Love it. Um, you know, when you sent me this message to be honest I was like oh gosh because <laughs> like isn't that the question that like everyone dreads um I think that I'm like this I had to a two-part answer to this question love it one of them I think is because of or because one reason I think I'm like this <laughs> is subconscious which I know that I'm lucky to be able to say um and I'm saying in terms of my music career um, and my theater career, I guess. Growing up, I saw so many and listened to so many female artists in my house, in my household, um, all musician singers, Carol King, Joni Mitchell, Pat Benatar, Hart, the Hind sisters, you know, Joan Jett, Bonnie Raitt, um, that immediately in my brain, there was no block for me as a female in music to make it big and write my own music and perform it and for, to have people enjoy it. So my subconscious, I think, was always just like, that'll happen, duh. And I think I carried all of those influences with me through my entire life and also brought me a lot of subconscious confidence that I never felt like I had to necessarily prove myself um, being a woman in music. And the other is stories like we were talking about all day today, which is the, I think my, when I finally figured out that I was who I was, I made it a huge part to make sure that people knew that I was not going to be, um, cookie cutter. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed the revelation of, of who I was. And I think 
the reason I am the performer and like the person and the friend and the creator that I am today is because I walk into rooms now and venues and opportunities and events um, actively, actively not giving a fuck. Yeah. Um, and that really has been super liberating and, you know, a great advice that I received that I also carry is to walk into a room and they're auditioning, you're auditioning them. Do I want to be around you? Are you worthy of being in my life? These things I think are big aspects of my personality and how I carry myself. And I know they're kind of like anecdotal things and not so much like an event or anything that made me who I am. But um, I think when I think about who I am as a person and a performer, those are the things that come up. They're super, I carry them like super close. Um, yeah. just not forgetting those huge revelational moments. Yeah. Um, when things happen in my career, I will always remember all the no's and like being told, you know, no fit, fit more, like fit more into that mold, fit more. And I'm just like, no, never no, again. Um, don't want to. Yeah, exactly. And then, also just all luckily the inspirations and influences music wise that I had growing up um, just from a boom box. Um, when I think about it, I think really made all the difference. Yeah. My dad. So my first job interview I ever had, I remember sitting in my dad's truck and I was super nervous mm -hmm. and he gave me like a $20 bill and he put it in my wallet and he was like, remember that they need you. And I was like, oh, my God. Just like yeah. wide-eyed, just like. Um, That's great. Like, like at a Jamba Juice or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but it, it's true. And then there's like this. I, it's so interesting to say like, I don't give a fuck attitude because I feel like there's the I don't give a fuck that's performative. And then there's right. like true ownership of who you are in a way that it's like I do not care if you're not gonna buy what I'm selling because I right. know what I'm doing is valid and whole and if it's not for you cool yep but it doesn't affect me the way that it did when I was 19 and when exactly. everything affected you in that way and then I would have this I still have this to this day, just like a habit of like internalizing that and like getting, making it a, like a vendetta. And it's like, that's wasted energy too, you know, just. Yeah. And it's not like it's a thing that happened overnight for me. I mean, like, or anyone that I know, um, you know, it takes so much as an artist emotionally, like it's draining to every day have that like perspective of yourself because you have to actively do it mm -hmm. you know it's not a thing that just changes and then is just there forever it's like some mornings I don't have that confidence and that sucks but um yeah it's a lot easier said than done but it, when it happens it's something that I think everyone should just really hone and harness and like hold on to because it's like it's so cool when you meet people with that energy immediately you're like yeah yeah because there is the don't give a fuck that's like a little messy and it's just yeah. like okay it's like, 
You obviously do give a fuck. (laughs) You you clearly care. I know you left last year with long hair and you came back with a bob, but it doesn't (laughs) doesn't change. Right. Doesn't change. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, it's yeah, it's hard to, you know, know exactly like what made me this way, but I think those big moments in my life definitely helped and at least whenever things happen to me, they're like exciting. I think mm-hmm. about those. So I'm like, okay, that must have been like an important part of my journey, you know? Absolutely. Our mutual friend, Amanda Dark Angelus, um, will often, <laughs> often make it. fun of me because I, I just don't listen to male artists ever. Not like, it. that's literally not active. I, I just right. truly don't think anyone has done anything interesting as a male artist in the last six years. Like, I just don't. Oh my god! Uh, um, hot take, that. cancel hot me. Hot take. Uh, <laughs> who tells who? <laughs> it's like okay, cool. Um, I love it. So yeah, for me, female female singer musicians have always been super influential because I just I just find that they're again this is a sweeping generalization, but there's just like when it's good and right, it just feels more complete to me than a a male contemporary singer of this age like it just it doesn't feel put on in a way that i think i find the male singers or the male musicians that have been coming out feel like they all could kind of be the same sure and i'm sure if someone like doesn't like female singer songwriters they would probably say the same thing you know what i mean but like sure just for me it's like there's so much more pressure put on female musicians to change and evolve in a way that is likable and new, but not too new and interesting, but like not too out there that creates better art because you just have to think harder because of stupid ass shit that has been put on female musicians. Yeah, I totally feel that. And it's like artists like Miley Cyrus, who it's like went through every chapter of the frickin' book, I feel like, mm-hmm. starting off as like Disney star and then going to like pop pop star, top 40 pop star, and then kind of was like, I'm going to go try something insane, and like did that for a little bit. And then through it seemingly trial and error, found her complete most authentic self and like dropped an iconic album perfect album no skips. that i was just like oh this is you and it's so obvious and like we rarely get to see um artists go through a full transformation and then a full bloom into their truest most authentic self rarely i have always 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 loved miley and i always will yeah. Mostly because there is a self-awareness around her that people don't really talk about much. Like literally during the bangers era, right. there's an there's an interview I read with her where she was like, I have so much money yeah. that it honestly does not matter if you like my album or not, which gives me the freedom to do these things. To right make a Miley Cyrus and her Dead Pets album to make yep. younger now. Like t- she's literally made a country album, a 
like pop hip hop crossover hard rock album uh yep. a pop album yeah yeah she really and that's the kind of mentality that I'm talking about I mean yeah she's a celebrity so you know it's a little bit different but it's that I think that she has that authentic and very well thought out not giving a fuck mentality where it's mm-hmm. like it doesn't matter to me if you don't like my art because someone will and I like it and isn't that enough and that's probably why when she was in her bangers era why every tabloid was like what the fuck mm-hmm. because we just don't see especially from a female artist that kind of ownership in your own body and your own creation right. at 22 23 right exactly or ever you know what i mean or like, ever. yeah but uh, especially younger yeah yeah but people like that definitely are you know, if we're, if we're talking about like celebrities and like top 40 artists that I definitely look up to, she's definitely one of them for those reasons. You know, it's like, even in my theater career, it's like, I can pull inspiration from those types of women because it's like, yeah, they just, they get what they want to do and like, okay, so if I get what I want to do, like, I'm going to go do it. Cause I already, I figured out the hard part. Right. Exactly. And so I'm going to walk into rooms now and put what I have on the table. And then that's all I can do. That's and again, it's such a simple it. concept, but like once you realize that like, that's literally it and having that be authentic and fun, then I don't know. It's just something's bound to happen. Some, something. something. It, it has to. Something small, something medium, something large, but something's bound to happen, you know? My one celebrity dream casting that I have is Miley Cyrus as St. Jimmy in American Idiot. Come on. I mean. Brilliant. Brilliant. Whoa, I've never thought of that. Now I'm not going to stop thinking about that's that. All, that's all I can think of. Literally. I definitely need that in my all life. The time. <laughs> okay. Any investors are listening. And also, to- revive American Idiot. The entire country is on fucking fire. I don't know why there's yeah, why? not 600 productions of this at all times. Why? <laughs> like, let's find a warehouse and let's fucking do it. Let's We've do it. Gotta- Kelly and I are in. So if you're investing, holler yeah. at us. Holler. I'm available. I am avail. <laughs> avail. Well, Kelly, as we are winding down, I ask this of all of my po- of all of my podcast guests. Do you yes. have any questions for me? I do. Ooh, yes. I thought of a question for you. Pierce. Do you, as an artist and a creator and a performer and as a human, feel like you are making a difference, whether in our world or in our industry? I do. I I do because I refuse to I guess refuse it refuses like you can't like not do something. I am an artist and creator who is unapologetically queer and I bring that to every single thing that I do. Especially in theater which we all know is full of homosexuals. However, the things and the stories you see are presented by straight people it like gets very strange to me and there's just isn't a generation like ours Mm -hmm. where it is a cohort of people who are out professionally from the start 
And it's mm-hmm. kind of weird to say because it's like, I'm in New York, I'm around queer people all the time. It's just kind of like a thing that is a given. However, um, if you just, if you literally just look like every out known performer that you can think of spent a large chunk of that closeted. Yep. Still in 2021. So I do think that the things I create and the projects that I work on, I do make an impact on because I am authentically me. Yeah. So, yeah. That's great. That's a great question. Do you think you're making change? Yeah, I think that I am too. Um, similarly in what we are have been talking about, um, I think people who I really care about and people who really care about me, we all try and um, live in that world of authenticity and bringing mm-hmm. who you are and what you love and your skill sets to the table um, without bullshit. Um, and also, yeah, super important creating spaces um, where you and the people that you care about and even people you don't know or care about, but trying to create the most safe industry and the most inclusive industry for everyone involved is um, like should be number one on, mm-hmm. you know, everyone's priority list um, nowadays. And so I think me and my community are making a difference like that for sure. Um, and then musically, I think that I am also making a difference in terms of even just writing about um, vulnerability and authentic things and not um, saving saving things because they're not PC or, you know, mm-hmm. couth or anything. I just want to write about everything and put everything on the table because, um, again, I think we have to stop, you know, policing this, this industry and just only talking about certain things. I think we have to expand on what we as a community are talking about and singing about um, because things are changing. And so the, the music and the lyrics have to change too, you know? I agree. Well, you inspire me, so you're you doing too. something Thank right. You. I appreciate that. Of course. Where can the children find you? The children can find me on Instagram um, is kelly.mcintyre22, and that can link you to everything else. All the other good stuff. All the others. Well, y'all seriously, check check Kelly out. She's incredible. Check her band out. She's Everest. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's on Spotify and everywhere you listen to music. So you can find that anywhere. You're going to love it. I promise you. (laughs) And until next time, y'all. Bye. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.